Hey, hey, hey. And we're back. That didn't hurt too bad, did it? And because I didn't get to say a question before when we went to break, I want to say this one. Okay. Carly, you listening? Shay, got yes. this? Are you yes, ready? yes, yes. Okay. What percentage of our DNA is uh, with a, like a, as a slug? I mean, our DNA has a certain percentage as a slug. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. We share the same DNA. Yeah. What's the percentage? What's about of a slug? What do you think is the DNA? What do you think the percentage of? And I have a hard time with this, but go for it. Uh, okay. So if you have a hard time, I feel like it's a higher percentage than mm-hmm. what I was thinking. So maybe like 47. Okay. Do you have any idea, Shay? Oh, man. Um, 14. Ah. They say, now I've not checked my facts, but... Okay, you ready for this? Probably not. Neither am I. We share 70% what? of our DNA with a slug. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> 70%. So they're like well, our that ancestors? That explains a lot of couch potatoes, but... <laughs> I know, well, right. But they're our ancestors then? We have to be nice to them? I guess so. I mean, not that I've ever really seen a slug, yeah. but... Oh, haven't you? Oh, I no, have. I don't oh, think yeah. I have. Yeah. Yep, I have. It looked like... Uh, they're uh, whatever you call it, uh, like, a, like a snail without a, a snail without a shell. Oh, right, mm-hmm. Jay. Yeah. Snail, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's a good. How do you organically get rid of slugs in the garden or in the pots? Do you have hand, idea? hand pick it. Hand pick it. So no, but, but I don't know. People don't. Yeah. I tried the beer route. You know, a little low, low, low. Trying to get it drunk. Well, yeah. Well, it didn't <laughs> work. But those suckers, they, there was quite a few in that little can in the morning. <laughs> Just a low rider, like you know, a Cool Whip top. Put a little bit of beer in there, you know. Yeah, and I had some slugs in there. They, they, oh. they, they, they yeah. Apparently, they like they to had drink. Good early. last night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They like to party. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Okay. Now, what are some questions that you get uh, that people call you about? I would, yeah. So a common question that I get is, is dog spotting. So in the spring, what do I do? You know, how do I, um, repair this part of my lawn that is ruined by the dog? And, Mm -hmm. and part of, um, always my answer is, do you want to continue to fix this or do you want to think creatively about a different solution? Because if the dog's always going potty in one area all the time, it's going to kill it. Mm -hmm. So I know with our personal dog, we just, we taught him to go potty and mulch mm-hmm. and then we it never ruined the lawn and everything everything was fine yeah. um you can always put effort towards repairing it every spring if you want to um but keeping the dog off if you're going to make seed efforts um that's always you know people struggle with uh do i have to keep him off to grow new grass and yes you you would um things like gypsum is a common thing that people use and that's typically not going to help um the what's happening with dog spotting is excess nitrogen Mm -hmm. so you can see in a lawn that doesn't fertilize there'll be bright green spots because it's nitrogen Uh and then lawns that are fertilized the excess uh, nitrogen will burn it out oh i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that yeah i have some fairly green green spots on my lawn (laughs) (laughs) you could just do it uniform throughout that would be wonderful yeah well i tell people to find the potty spot and you want in your yard that's your potty spot and with girl dogs it's the first year in the morning they have a higher acidic than boy dogs Mm -hmm. and so that first urine in the morning is what's really gonna but so you got two options here okay you can stand there with a hose and the minute she gets done hose it down so Mm -hmm. you dissipate it or with a jug Mm -hmm. or you find a spot like with the mulch or with a rock some people do rocks you know that's yeah so you got to be there is nothing that will 
Stop. No, that's it. Like dilution would be the hands down if you can run a hose every time. Yeah. And some of those little doggy treats, I was reading the ingredients, they just make them either drink more water or have some sort of moisture in it. So it's providing more. Um, so they're diluting it through their body. Ah. So I don't know if they, if they work, but that's what the intention okay. when you read those. Yeah. No, they don't. I tell everybody, you know what? No, 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 no. It's just like people that, you know, buy all this stuff because the dogs, dogs eating their doo-doos. Oh, they, you know, try to make it taste yucky. I said, do you know mm. what dogs eat? They eat 10 day old roadkill that's been sitting on the sun for 10 days oh. like a T-bone steak. Do you think they, they're not going to acquire a taste for the crap that you're putting on it? No, no. it doesn't. Usually why a dog eats doo-doo is because they are missing digestive enzymes, and so now we've got to look at what you're feeding the dog. Oh, sure. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. So what else, uh, any other questions that, that you get like, and now, okay, gypsum, can that be put down anytime? So you, I mean, gypsum is, it, it, it in, what is it? It's it's correcting salt imbalances. Okay. So the the urine is typically not a salt imbalance. It would be for if you had some sort of like from you know salt from the winter. Okay. That could be something to help correct it. Um, a lot of things in um, like if anyone ever call says why why lime it? Well, limine is meant to raise pH for for soils that are imbalanced. Right. But typically Minnesota has very high pH soils just naturally. It's inherent to our soil. Oh, yeah. So raising it could put it outside of growing grass. Ooh. So you would never want to lime unless you had a soil test that actually said you were low yeah. and that it, there was a requirement. You do out a good thing because a lot of people think, well, this, oh, my lawn needs this, this, and this, but they never did any testing. Yeah. So a good thing would be to have your lawn tested to see yeah. before. And then where do you, what do you do? Do you take a uh, dig out a big patch or how, do, how does one go have soil sampling done? Yeah. So you take like a soil probe, you want to go through the whole yard or if you have a different situation in the front and back, you could take two sa- samples, one just front only, one back only. Okay. You want to s- spread it out. So you're going to take a soil uh, probe, you're going to dig down as deep as you can. So if you can get six inches, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Take out all the thatch, all of the decomposition uh, or <laughs> decomposing matter and then all the grass and any leaves or anything that are in there Mm -hmm. take those out so it's just truly soil you need to mix it up very well and you need to get a bunch of it so when you put your soil test in they have a good idea of what their your entire lawn is is working so what am i putting it in like an ice cream bucket like a paper bag i mean it's soil like the u of m would have little soil um Bags. Is that what uh, most people send it to? Then is the U? Yeah, it's the closest. But there's there's several options. There's some others in Minnesota. You can you can take it to. What does something like that cost? Do you have any idea? Uh, U of M is seventeen dollars for standard test. Oh, okay, okay, cool. And so then, um, so uh, now we got. So let's reverse here a little bit. Now, when you're gonna do so, when you when you say natural lawn care, okay, that means you don't use any chemicals whatsoever mm-hmm. or pesticides, herbicides, and nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? You're trying to make the lawn do it itself by aerating it by you know putting down better seed mm-hmm. classic seed read the labels you know what seeds you're putting down mm-hmm. and such like that right yeah and so what else and and mostly i mean really our premise is to get people to think differently where um we're an alternative to chemically based lawn care so whatever people think well they say oh, I, I want a treatment they don't know what that means it can mean many things and um so we're trying to just educate about what does a treatment mean here's fertilizers feeding your soil some synthetic products they're only looking at the top growth of the grass it's only a kind of a fake weak system that you're stuck in and then if you try to get out of it your lawn has no ability to obtain its own nutrients it doesn't know how to do it because it's kind of looking to the sky for this to be provided 
Okay. Um, other things that we do is not only just changing the shift in your mindset that you don't need these chemicals to, you know, manufacture a nice looking lawn. You can think about it differently um, by looking at the soil to grow the, the you know, to feed the roots, to grow yeah. the good grass. Also, things like um, proper watering. There is a huge amount of overwatering. Um, just we we over input. We we just we we think well we should do this this and that, and it often causes more problems uh, than good. So um, watering one time a week only if it hasn't rained, which really means July August deep okay. and infrequent watering. Um, those help your grass have thick healthy roots that better withstand pivoting dogs that mm-hmm. better withstand drought that you know that yep. are just healthier and then it can work as its own ecosystem by um you know, so organics organic fertilizer provides nutrients that have to be broken down by microbes mm-hmm. those microbes feed the roots when they need that when they don't need anything then all of those nutrients just sit in the soil mm-hmm. and so you can always tap into it when there's you know stress periods when the when the grass is looking to grow then they'll kind of communicate in the soil as opposed to us manipulating Even it from the, the top, top. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because there's um, there's been several years we we've lived at our place for thirty seven years, and there's a couple uh, mid July August. I mean, it was drought. I mean, my lawn was crispy critters. I'm walking on mm-hmm. it, and I couldn't do it barefoot because it was like pretty crispy. Yeah, and uh, because I never I've never watered my lawn. It just mm-hmm. you know if you don't come on down, then it don't mm-hmm. happen. And, and my I, I get more compliments on my lawn, and and like, well, what did you do? And it's just like it, it takes care of itself. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't overwater it. I mm-hmm. don't. What you're doing is I'm instead of putting all that stuff that sits on the surface, instead of making it so that the roots get better. And granted, a lot mine has a lot of weeds, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you know when they're mowed, they all look the same. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and all weeds are a sign of something. So it's always, uh, you know, what kind of weeds do people have? So dandelions is a, a sign of low calcium. Oh, really? Um, yes, and but it's also just might be the nature of where you live. If you live across from a park and those dandelions are blowing in. It's a. It's going to be a it's constant battle. Yeah, from our fields. And there's nothing. You know, they're good for our pollinators. There's nothing wrong with having some dandelions in your lawn. Okay. The huge thing here is there something naturally that can be done for creeping Charlie? There is. Oh, there is. Do share. Yes. Do share. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Let's share. Now I got this out. trivia time. Trivia. Yeah. Creeping Charlie secrets when we come. Thank you for tuning in to the KDK9 show. Remember, you can stream this, our station live anywhere all over the world by going to mytalk1071.com and also to podcast. I'm not sure what that is. And uh, someday well, I will find out. But anyway, so uh, you can pass my podcast my show or any show here on my talk. You can go to mytalk1071.com and you can download our app or wherever you get your podcast from. You can uh, podcast us. I guess, I guess that's how it works, isn't it? I go, okay, okay, what we share, what is the percentage of DNA that we share with the chimp? Do you have any idea? Um, I want to say maybe like high 80s, okay. like 85, 86%. Right. Sure. Shay? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking like 95. Ooh, almost. 98.4%. Oh. Okay, that makes more DNA. sense. So we have 70% yeah. in common with the slug. <laughs> And 98.4% with a chimp. But then that means the chimps are related to the slugs, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, so hey, circle, it's a circle of life. <laughs> Lion King's coming out. There you go. Here we go. There Let's we break go. it down. No kidding. That is so funny. That is so funny. Okay, before we go back to Shay from... Uh, now, how, once again, how can they get a hold of you? 
information. Uh, you can go to Lunseth, so L-U-N-S-E-T-H dot org. Right. And, uh, and you can email us at info at organiclawnsbylunseth.com. Okay, let's uh, get to uh, Mary. She's been hanging on for a long time, so I want to get to her before we continue on with Shade. Okay, Mary has a question about a cat that's refusing food. All right. Mm. Hi, Mary. How you doing? Hi, Katie. Uh, I'm well, thanks. No, apparently um, the cat I isn't, though. A, yeah, I have a two-year-old tabby, and I also have a six-year-old cat, and I feed them Woody's raw. Oh, nice. Okay. And so about, as it started to warm up, my two-year-old kind of went on a hunger strike. And so I'm wondering if it's common for cats to have, like, seasonal rotation of proteins. Because what he's, what he's eating right now is the earthborn canned of, he'll only eat salmon or tuna. Right. He won't really touch, I've tried other raw varieties, they give the samples, and he really doesn't want any, anything to do with it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's entirely normal. possible. But you got to remember, with the large fish, the salmon and the tuna, we are not supposed to eat that more than twice a week because of the mm-hmm. heavy metal content. And so that's why you've got to, you know, sometimes some cats are you know picky for it would change so what you do is you put a little bit of what you do want them along next to what they will eat and then pretty okay. soon you're going to find them spilling over and eating that too all right and then pretty soon you can become more and more of the the stuff that you do want them to eat to get them out of the salmon and and the tuna all right okay. because we don't want that yeah they'll eat it but the thing is is with that heavy metal content that's going to be get other things especially as a okay. cat gets older and that's the same thing in human a lot of thyroid, they're thinking a lot of thyroid problems are called by the heavy metal. You know, and a lot of people are, I have a girlfriend that was a tuna nut. She ate tuna every day. And I'm just like, first of all, I'm like, blah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> and then and then it was later, I want to say, let's see, oh, geez, at least 25 years after that, you know, and she was a huge tuna eater. She had to have her thyroid taken out. Heavy, you know, it, it, her thyroid was totally shot. And I said, I, I said, you ate tuna like, you know, you, oh, never mind. <laughs> Excuse me. So that's why, like I said, I would try, but he, I, so you, but you said you're using earthborn. So are you still using Woody's? Yeah, I, I attempt to give it to him and he'll eat, you know, he's a pretty lean cat, mm-hmm. only about eight or nine pounds. So he doesn't get more than one and a half ounce at a mealtime. So okay. I'll give him one ounce. And he'll maybe eat half of it, mm-hmm. and then he kind of walks away. Okay. So he's still getting some, but he's not. I mean, he used to just devour it, and mm-hmm. then. But see, now he's done growing. Okay, now this is you're talking about the six year old cat, right? No, the two year old. Okay, yeah. Okay, see so the two year old. Okay, the two year old cat. They just like dogs quit growing at at three years old. They're done growing. There is no more growing left after three years old. Right? They they fill out. So I don't even. Con- Technically, I guess that would be growing, <laughs> but they're not growing tall and they're not growing long. And same with the cats. As they get to their point, they need less to feed on because they, their majority of their growing is done. And because you're feeding such a good diet, it feed, you know, just like, okay, like, uh, I'm just picking on this and nobody email me on this, okay? Okay, is that, okay, it's just like eating Chinese food. Love it, but it doesn't stick to your ribs. So in about two three uh, year, uh, two or three hours later, you're kind of putzing and looking for something else, okay? But if you sit down and have like steak and lobster or a steak and a potato or a steak and a salad, that's a sticky to the ribsy. So you're going to eat less of it and it's going to co- tie you over longer, all right? 
Okay. See, see that comparison, how that works? So you're feeding good, so that's maintaining the cat as far as it doesn't need to eat as much. And and if he's lean, that's good. You know how many household cats are so or morbidly obese? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is so, there something to, well, I'm just curious if there uh, is any any resource out there to, that is there like something with warmer weather versus colder weather? Um, I, you know, anything's possible with anything. It doesn't necessarily need need to be the norm. All right. There is, I think it's called the conscientious cat.com. It's a cat lady that, uh, has her own like blog and such like that. So I think it's called the conscientious, don't ask me to spell conscientious, but it's called the conscientious cat.com. Try that. All right. And then, um, uh, but yeah, you can look up it. If you do find something, let me know. But the thing is, is there are different type. I know if you really want to get technical, you know, in the human world, you know, there's, you know, hot meat, cold meat, you know, type thing Mm -hmm. as far as like duck, the difference between duck and chicken or turkey and stuff like that. And and some system, it does make a difference. But as a whole, the majority system, it it really doesn't. And so that's why, you know, don't overanalyze. So just find something and like I say, feed less of the canned stuff and try to rotate more over of, you know, the the woody stuff, right? Sure. That's but okay. you're feeding good stuff. And so that's gonna hit the ribs better and they're gonna eat less. People are just like if somebody feeds a non grain free food to a cat, they're amazed mm-hmm. when they go to a grain free how much less they eat because it sticks to the ribs. There's not the waste of all those carbs and carbs turn to sugar and sugar turns into fat. So Sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. kid. Well, if you find out something, please let me know. Hey, I'm always learning too. All right. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. Yep. Bye bye. All righty then. So yeah, sometimes you know when we don't see dogs or our dogs or cats or even our kids, if they, you know all of a sudden uh, one day they're woofing down everything but the kitchen sink, and then for the two next two days, two days they barely eat. You know, uh, I saw that with my grandson. He was here from Alaska. I mean, the guy would eat like a bird, and then on the third day, all of a sudden it's like, okay, got to refuel the jets, and then you know, but I need to eat really well. And my daughter would get so nervous that he's not eating enough to to grow and i said well he doesn't look like he's a shrimp (laughs) so i think he's getting enough in the long run everybody deals with stuff different on you know what they take in and how what they put it to use but that was a good you know thought is that you know yes it is there different seasons where meets the dog the cats you know get into it personally the the, the spring should be birds and it no i'm just kidding (laughs) all right okay where are we at carly uh, we got a little more time. Okay, just want to make sure. Yep. <coughs> okay, we're back with Shay. Well, she didn't go anywhere. <laughs> okay, we're with Shay with Lun, L- Lun, like a gun, Lun Seth, S-E-T-H, uh, dot org, uh, right? Lunseth.org. Mm-hmm. Or the other one is Organic Lawns by Lunseth. Mm-hmm. It's just, com. yeah. Okay. That's a mouthful. So lunset.org. Yeah. Easy yeah. to And remember. see, that's what messed me up because I was just technically going to, and so, and then, like I say, I'm, my searching tools are basically nothing. And then finally, I, we got it. We're all squared away. <laughs> okay. What are some other, uh, oh, oh, creeping Charlie, a big creeping Charlie. Yep. Okay. What are some things that we can stop the creeping with? Yes. So a couple things you can do. Um, and the, the first two or, the first one you can do in the early spring is really nice when it's first starting to get going. So when you heavy metal rake it, like heavy tine rake. Oh yeah, I got one of those. Yep. P- 
uh, rake it back to where it's coming from because it doesn't like to be stressed out when it's actively moving. And oh. so you can redirect it or at least halt it from from spreading so much into your space that you don't want it to be heavy raking. Or can I just take a shovel and like chop it? You can. And then flip the dirt. Sure. And so, uh, okay. Yep. So then that that's going to be my barrier. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't... Well, until, it, until well, it, it will find a, a way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it always finds a way. So that's why it's being persistent. But as much as... It doesn't like being stressed out when it first starts growing. So when oh. you stress it out, then it'll be more timid, I say, through the season. And yeah. that's... That's, yeah. <laughs> Creeping be less Charlie aggressive. can be timid. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, Shay. <laughs> As is overtaking the side yard. <laughs> I'm timid. <laughs> Hold on to that thought. We've got to run. It never fails. Okay, let's see. Where are we at? Okay, now here's another one for you. We were talking about slugs, right? Okay, the longest recorded lifespan of a slug was. The longest recorded. Once again, I want to know who's doing this research and who's watching this. But anyway, we'll be back. All right, then. Thank you for doing me in. All right. Okay. What is the long the the longest recorded lifespan of a slug? What would you have to say there, ma'am, Miss Carly? Um, longest lifespan of a slug. Let's mm-hmm. go. Um, a month. All right. What What would you have to say? Oh, I was gonna say like five years. Okay. Well, both of you are kind of like way off. <laughs> <laughs> The longest recorded uh, lifespan of a slug was one year, six months. Oh. One year, six months. I don't um, even know. Yeah. And I, I just like to know how people come up with this information. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I know. That's weird. Yeah. But once again, I want to remind you, we're going to be doing uh, Donna and Steve's show live Thursday, uh, June 23rd. Oh, that's today. No. June 27th. Yes. <laughs> yes. Down at Pet Stuff in Minnetonka. And Nutasaurus and Pet Stuff is nice enough to put to a little something together that uh, uh, basket is with some treasures and treats and, and, a, and a gift card to shop it for pet stuff so if you're in the pet stuff area in minnetonka uh okay what we're gonna do we're gonna take the fifth caller so you're gonna get ready with your your speed dials okay uh see if who wants to win that gift back package so ready six five one six four one one oh seven one the fifth caller will get the gift basket from a nutrisource and for pet stuff which i'm going to be down there uh, Thursday uh, from nine to noon, and that means I have probably have to leave my house probably about seven o'clock in the morning because I'm going cross town. Anyway, that's the way it is. So yeah, give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one if you want a chance to win. The fifth caller is going to win the the gift basket from Nutrisource and Pet Stuff in Minnetonka. Okay, so we're going back to our our special guest. There they go. <laughs> We're going to a special guest, Shay, uh, from Lun Seth uh, Organic Lawns. Okay, now, Creeping Charlie. Yep. Okay, so now we found out that if they stress easy, and by just raking it, or like with the the metal. Now, you talk about the metal old-fashioned, like, wide tines or the metal, like, leaf raker. Not like a leaf, so like like solid tine, sturdy, yes. I think a sand rake. Yep. Because uh, you're going to get those big strands all out at once because it's a big, okay. you know, they, they grow on top of the lawn in a rhizomerous way. So they that's how they creep along. Okay. Um, and so you're not going to be able to get all the, the roots that they put down, but you're going to pull a bunch of chunks out at once. All right, okay. 
Um, and so doing that anytime you want is anytime, anytime, anytime every year we can yeah. start raking that. Yeah. Okay. If you do it when it's when it's immature or in its beginning stages, yes. it's just easier to do it when it's there's not so much of right. it. Yeah. Uh, and that'll help it stop it slow. It's slow. It's slow. It's, it's ascent. Mm-hmm. Ascent. Okay. Yeah. So now, okay, we rate. Now, what do we do? Yeah. So then there's a couple other things you can do. Uh, one is there are some iron products like chelated iron products that are on the market that are you know they might be called iron x or something similar to that um that is chelated iron and read the manufacturer label but you can apply that safely to a lawn four times in a season um if you time it about three three four weeks apart um then it's doing the same thing as that raking did so it's going to you'll see the edges of the leaf kind of turn purple okay it might grow and and grow beyond it and survive and so then again you're going to three weeks later you're going to do that again again. and so you continue to stress it out until it will just give up oh yeah um, or just won't spread as much it's the same idea um and then the most important thing and this is the part that people maybe forget is that you need to replace that with thick grass because it will it will constantly find a way in especially if it has some thinning turf areas uh-uh. that are shaded so get some grass to grow there so grasses that do well in shade we also pick lots of um, cultivars that are lelopathic to weeds so those are natural weed suppressors they kind of release a, a chemical that wards off unlike things okay. so if you have a lawn that is kind of doing that um, you know warding off and isn't thick and healthy mm-hmm. Creeping Charlie will not have the ability to creep in as easily as before. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. So now, okay, well, I'm, I call you up and I say, okay, I'm interested. So then what do I do? So do I set up an appointment that you come out and look at my lawn? And then will you set up a plan as far as what we're doing? Or how does this all work? So we we have a standard program that we've perfected. Um, we've had um, many uh, people uh, at the U of M make sure that it's a good program so we start everybody on the same thing we recommend working that program for multiple years so i'm not going to assess the lawn because it doesn't matter where you start okay yeah um and so it would be just kind of melting in there's no there's you can start at any time because it's a long-term process okay. starting anytime is it's just so fine. you can call right now it doesn't have to be because yep. i didn't do it this spring now i have to wait till this fall you can right now you we can, can get right a, now we can get a plan going Yep. Okay. Now, uh, but the, the other thing, too, is that people don't realize that I've tried to, I hope my uh, ears are listening here on, on everybody, is that uh, uh, even though, let's say, I go natural, I, I, my lawn's doing very good, you know, the, the people around me might be doing the chemical, and that brings an overspray onto mine. Mm-hmm. And there again, there's that residue that can get on the, 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 the dog, the cat, the kids, and then they bring that inside, and then it's in our environment, and the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, personally, I would just say, well, what we should do is start a partition going up down the block saying, okay, we all want to do this uh, natural and, and organic. And also another thing people just don't realize that our park system uses tons of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Is there any way of knowing, you know what I mean, like when you go to a park, like if they just spray, obviously sometimes you can kind of smell yeah. it, but I mean, is there any hints on that well, to, to try to keep us out of harm's way? Yeah. If if the if the park looks completely manicured, yeah. I'd <laughs> I could assume they have, yeah. are doing the chemicals in there. Okay. Um, so I always encourage like my children, if you see dandelions and clover, 
that, that's probably a park you want to plan. Yes. Um, you can look for signs. Um, you know, when someone has a, everybody that has put down an application, whether it's chemical or not, they should put a sign that says, this is what was done on this lawn. Mm-hmm. That sign should also have a date. And so you should always know if you see a sign, but you don't see a date, you have no idea if right. that was an hour ago or a day ago. Um, so I, every time I see that, I usually call, uh, you know, the company or the park yep. or wherever, oh, nice. the city and just say, just, I want to know because my kids are here right. playing Smart. soccer. We, we shouldn't, we, that those dates need to be on there because I cannot educate myself because maybe it was a week ago yep. or in the science just s- still up. Right. Um, but look for places that a lot of cities do have initiatives about what they do in, in public spaces and what they do in more like turf fields um so a lot and encourage your cities to make decisions where we don't we don't need to have um these these parks treated with chemicals right and if we do need them for playing fields to encourage them to do it at the right time of year that that would be outside of the games okay that's um, smart so that's it get advocates out there to start raising to the occasion rising to the occasion and uh, to do things more naturally because the thing mm-hmm. is is we are uh, we are a chemical society and i just uh, it drives me nuts a like the road salt that we put on it's going and out to our, our rivers or creeks or streams or, or lakes drives me nuts mm-hmm. and that's why i use chicken grit number two you know for all you know any slippery spots or whatever type of thing because there's no chemicals in the spring i just sweep it on up put it in a five gallon pail i got it for next year nice. yeah. <laughs> but yes yeah, and that's why by looking into this now is it expensive do you charge like by the foot or how does this go yeah we we charge by the square foot so we're always going to measure your lawn via satellite image know what Ooh. we're talking about <laughs> yep and so i can't you know anything three thousand square feet or less is a minimum price and then it just goes up from there okay. um we will price you on the standard program but you never have to do everything okay you know so you can always pick or choose or say hey i have this budget what would be the most important thing i could get or what here's oh, my okay. situation what would you do mm-hmm. um we can do that all the time um typically though it is more expensive mm-hmm. Um, and that's oh, yeah. just because synthetic chemicals are—they're very inexpensive to make. We've we perfected the process. Right. Um, it's very very easy. So when we're we're composting. Um, chicken litter to be or turkey manure to be part of fertilizer that process takes a long time mm-hmm. um and it, it and luckily we're in minnesota where we do have a large producer of organic fertilizer so we don't have to have it shipped from oh, nice. far away because that's another concern really? too when you think about the the overall environmental picture uh-huh. oh, is yeah. you want everything to come nearby from you know as close to you I as possible. I never thought of that. Yes. So so you use organic fertilizer from like turkeys and chickens and such mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Feather meal, bone meal, those gets oh, yeah. all your nutrients. So you're making large compost pile and then spreading that, or what are we doing? Uh, someone else does it. We just okay. buy it from them. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, are there specific places now? Can they buy stuff like? the compost from you do you have a store mm-hmm. or do, do you, how does that work um not currently um in the future that is something that we're uh looking at i i love to share where i where you can get things so mm-hmm. if people want um you know there's the general question of where can i get this i said right. first of all just look at the label look for a hundred percent that's the biggest uh stepping point and then okay. where is that coming from there are um or, you know 100 percent organic fertilizer sourced out of minnesota Okay. Um, you can get a lot of good choices at things like 
Bachman's, Gertens, uh, Mother oh. Earth Gardens. There's lots of stores that are carrying um, a variety of things. And then even when um, people say, well, can I get this at Home Depot or right. a big box store? I'm, I said, well, look, yeah. go and look, turn the label around and see where, where it's made and see what's in it and make sure you're looking for 100%, nothing that's based or, or just a word natural. What does that mean? Yes. And that's the thing. There's a lot of buzzwords, just like, you know, holistic. Okay. Like, but it's a buzzword. A natural is a buzzword. And yeah. so, yeah, you've got to learn to read the labels and, and be educated that if, if it's words that you cannot pronounce, mm-hmm. then they're probably, and you were saying earlier, what side, is it side, C-I-D-E that it ends in? Mm-hmm. Or like herbicide, pesticide. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So like pesticide just means getting rid of something that's unwanted. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's like, and when people get mixed up a lot of times, what fer- they're like, well, I want a fertilizer, just one fertilizer. Right. Like, what are you asking for? Because that doesn't get rid of weeds. That's right. feeding your your soil right. and that's right. feeding your lawn that you have right again, now. we're doing it on the top, we're not getting to the roots where that's what truly makes a healthy lawn. Yep. Okay. See, boy, look at me. I'm gonna go home. To, I'm gonna go home today, and boy, Wilson's gonna not like. <laughs> okay, we gotta go get this, this, and this. Okay, how many times a minute does a whale's heart beat? How many times a minute does a whale's heart beat? We'll be back. <laughs> He'd bop on her head. Hey, do we got a winner for that great prize package from uh, Pet Stuff and Nutrisource? Yes, we do. And it's Emily Martinson from Mound, Minnesota. Yay. Yay. Congratulations, Emily. That's great, great, great. Yeah. Okay. A whale's heartbeat. How many times a minute? Um, I don't know, like. 10 maybe okay what do you think Shay? oh man that was gonna be my guess too uh, i'll <laughs> well, say 11 say, you, okay. okay well gosh you guys are look at right it's nine times a minute oh. wow now, a heart whale's heartbeat only nine times a minute yeah Isn't that unbelievable i mean they're big they're so yeah it takes cool. a lot to do that i <laughs> yeah, guess Okay, we're winding down with uh, our guest here today. And hopefully that, you know, gosh, we's got to start somewhere, okay? Uh, The heck with the lawn. If you don't have worms and if you don't have ants in your lawn, you got a toxic lawn. And the biggest thing is, is that there is, uh, and there's so much documents on this as far as that people that use chemicals in their lawn uh, is that there's a 70% higher chance of your dog getting some sort of lymphoma. Also, too, another thing people don't think of is uh, the mulch that you put around, the the cocoa mulch mulch that has theobromine in it if your dog is eating your that cocoa mulch you could be killing your dog you know because that toxicity is going to build up into a system and just because your dog and your pet doesn't get sick like the day after they sprayed or whatever that doesn't mean that you're not doing some uh, bad damage inside Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's so important when they put those little signs on and they said oh you know stay off for 24 hours really folks really you really think that that chemo will come when that residue and such went anywhere it's just more not as toxic as when it was wet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that's why we we have to step up to the plate and we have to and, and and things happen when people start getting petitions and making noise and demanding that we need to change and get rid of this you know this chemicals 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 whereas a company like yours, yourself comes in so now you've got ideas you got you know you can get, you can build a plan and then like you said if if the money's isn't there right now then do nothing and just mm-hmm. and pet that dandelion that comes up and say mm-hmm. oh nice dandelion <laughs> and then now with that creeping charlie you know how to uh, you 
you know, get to, you know, make it so that it doesn't want to, you know, can't creep like it normally, you know, slow the process down. And the biggest thing that I'm hearing you say is reseed, reseed, reseed with good grasses that is uh, conducive to our area. Yeah. And really think, you know, think about it as a purposeful long. If you, you know, if you're like, I don't like to mow, and you know, but I feel like I need to have a lawn. No, you don't. You could do some edible landscaping and then you could have a little run for your dog around yeah. it. You you know, we really, you don't have to um, do things the conventional way. And that, they, do you do that? Do you do landscaping also? Yes. So mm-hmm. you can like, like say you got a troop of dogs. And so now we want to try to and minimize our mud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you do. You can set out plans and such like that. Yep. And, and we get that a lot, like the question of, okay, well, I think I'm just going to resod the whole thing. And, and then it, you, when you ask further questions, it's like, oh, this is something they're doing every three years oh. because that sod is failing. Um, so then it's like, let's, let's think about this differently. For one, do you want to just do something that has failed many times before? Mm-hmm. And then the thing to understand with sod is sod is typically, now there are some newer varieties available. But typically, sod is 100% Kentucky bluegrass, which is all one cultivar. So, and that grass needs lots of nitrogen, lots of sunlight, lots of water. Okay. So, if you wanted to put it in your backyard where your dogs are running, it will only take a matter of a few years for that to be gone because that sun, there's no sunlight. Let's say, like uh, if it's shaded. Yep. Um, but it is there is a situation sometimes with dogs if you need an immediate response because you can't wait for it to be seeded and have the dogs stay off of it. Right. Sometimes sodding is your only choice. The idea is then once you do it, the the fall of after that installation right. for the next at least six years, I would say always, but at least six years, aerate and overseed that sod oh. with other species of grass. Okay. So you're going to diversify it. You're going to get some of those shade loving species to fill into the shade spots. Um, so you can you create that base for the dog, but then you're going to make that that grass um, healthy and suit your needs. Okay. And the other idea is that sod will fail a lot of times, if you never encourage those roots, roots. to grow beyond the sod. Oh, okay. So they'll stay in that t- top two inches. You'll start seeing it fail in a few years. So that's what the aeration is. you got to get oxygen in there. You have to encourage those those roots to go into the existing soil to actually root down into as a part of your Okay, lawn. aeration. How do you aerate a lawn mm-hmm. other than with golf spikes? <laughs> you. So we would do core aeration where you use a machine that pulls up like three inch cores of soil and deposit them back onto the top of your lawn. Oh really? Yeah. So that's going to, it really looks like squirrels just to uh, goose poop. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we say. Is that goose poop in the fall? Yes. It looks just like it's all over. And it really is, you know, it can, it's a minimal amount of time that it might be kind of a messy situation because it is deposited back on the top of your lawn. But that is the single best thing you can do for your lawn every year. If you have clay soil, if you have sand, soil if you have trouble spots getting oxygen down there um, helping those roots spread and grow and then it, it gives a perfect environment to then overseed with varieties of grass that are that are doing well right now that have been tested new new species of grass wow this is really cool because now I'm thinking in my head, okay, now aeration. What can I use for aeration <laughs> other than golf spikes? <laughs> yeah. Can you, will you just come out and aerate? 
Yes. So if I called and say, okay, I just want my lawn aerated, mm-hmm. that's it. And then yep. I'm going to take it from there? Yep. Okay. And then, yeah, a lot of times I'll say, okay, do you want it aerated, only aerated and overseeded or aerated, overseeded? And then your fertilizer, because again, the fall is the best time to fertilize. So if you haven't done it at all, it's sometimes an inexpensive thing to just throw in as long as we're there. Okay. Now, and the fertilizer, because people's heads click right in. When you say fertilizer, they're thinking of the bags of fertilizer that is all the chemicals yeah now when you're talking fertilizer you're talking turkey doo-doo chicken doo-doo you're talking about doo-doo fertilizer yeah right yeah because right away i'm thinking of okay everybody's thinking she said fertilizer and you know that that's just sticking into their head and not thinking no 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 we're not doing any of that stuff now we're doing things that are natural like okay now if somebody's using a compost pile mm-hmm. now can they spread that on their lawn or not yeah compost is a really great thing especially when you do it on your own it's it's pretty simple to do the thing that you want to you it's it's not as easy for everyone to have a uniform product right. at the end but making sure that compost has to smell decent if it smells really disgusting that is not cooked enough if it's very wet cooked. Yeah, I mean, because it has, you know... Yeah, no, I get you, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, ferment, ferment, yeah. yes. Okay, um, But if it's sloppy and stinky, let that... You can even put a tarp out and let that dry out a little bit until it's a consistency that that smells earthy, um, okay. that's somewhat dry, so you can kind of spread it around. But I compost myself. I don't have um, some sort of extensive background in composting. I've just read a book, and then I just incorporate it into my garden soil and just kind of... And this is a heads up, though, folks. If you're going to do composting, to dogs, that stink is heaven. Heaven. And unfortunately, that could also kill many dogs with the fermentation and some of the stuff that gets in there. So if you choose to do a compost pile, you make sure that you have fencing around it and a dog cannot get to it. Because I've heard uh, a couple of people that have lost dogs that got into the neighbors or down the street compost piles. Yes. It is not good. It's one thing for a cow to do it. It's nothing for a dog to do it. (laughs) And that's why people have... they're experts in making it. It's not as easy to do if you're going to uniformly put it in your lawn. It's it's hard to do that correct. The other thing that dogs like to eat is corn gluten, too, because yeah. um, that is otherwise yep. used in dog food. So corn gluten. So if they want to get more ideas on how to work, stuff you can do uh, and what you can do for them. So how do they get a hold of you? So you can go to lunseth.org, L-U-N-S-E-T-H, um, or go to Organic Lawns by Lunseth at Gmail. Um, yeah, okay. any, any, any online. Well, I can't thank you. And <coughs> the cookies have gotten to me in here. Actually, it wasn't. It was the blueberry. Never mind. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for taking your time to join us today. And hopefully now everybody will stop the chemicals for themselves, for their children, for their pets, and stuff like that, and look into the organic way. And if you do nothing, that's even better than putting the chemical 